Uh, let me go to uh, the mailbag because we've got a lot to get to. We still have the uh, the, uh, the the always impressive cringe, cringe on Pierre. Uh, we did receive a, uh, a question for the mailbag by mail, by U.S. mail, with uh, four stamps. Great stamp, special delivery, and William Shakespeare stamp, a Walt Disney stamp, and uh, uh, great stuff. The Spirit of Independence stamp, the printing press, from Tom Stone. Tom Stone in Cockeysville. Uh, mailed it to the, uh, the radio station, WMAL. And the mailbag question is, does Kamala Harris have a brain? Does Kamala Harris have a brain? You know, that's a question that we've been asking for a long time. I ran into her at the uh, correspondence dinner in Washington the other night, and um, I was tempted to ask her that. I, I just asked her if uh, today would be yesterday by tomorrow, and... and uh, she didn't know what to say because she's very easily confused. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Does Kamala Harris have a brain? Technically, I think that God gave her a brain, but she doesn't know what to do with it. She puts it in a bowl when she gets home and adds vinegar and spices. She she does Kamala Harris have a brain? I think that's I I, I you know uh, Tom. I'm going to take that as a rhetorical question because I think we all know the answer to that, don't we? I like the stamps, too. Good uh, good stamp collection stuff. From Connor Owens, what's the most important advice you received from your mother and stepfather regarding the news business? Don't go into the news business. <laughs> Don't go into the news business, whatever you do. And, of course, uh, being an obstinate young person, I ignored them and foolishly made the mistake of going into the news business. What is the... Uh, you know, from my my uh, my mother was in the news business and, and in the radio and television business. She was in the radio business with her father from the time she was seven years old on the radio in New York City, New York, with her father, Patrick Henry Barnes, who I mentioned earlier, um, the World War One veteran who has all stand for the national anthem. And uh, my mother, my mother was uh, just all about the truth, and she was just a truth teller, and she really. She really uh, drummed that into me, the truth. And she caught me one time telling her an untruth. I still remember it very vividly. And she shamed me. Uh, And I was in fourth or fifth grade, and I told her an untruth. And she dressed me down, and there was no yelling. It was, uh, but she was curt, stern, um, and uh, some finger wagging. And I think she brought me into the front hallway and had me stand there, and she sat down on the steps, and she challenged me, and I eventually confessed that I told her an untruth, and, uh, and she told me how much she, unli- she, she uh, uh, dislikes untruths and people that she used the word liars and cheats. She said liars and cheats, and she drummed it into me at a very early age, and I've never been a liar. I'm just, I've never been a liar. I just... Ask my best girl. Sometimes it's uh, it's sometimes you just shouldn't speak, but I just I tell the truth, um, and it's it's a, almost a fault of mine <laughs> that I'm sometimes too truthful. So my mother uh, taught me that, and my stepfather Bill Plant of uh, CBS News. My grandfather also taught me a lot of uh, very great lessons in my very early childhood. 
We lived after my father died, my mother and my three older brothers and I moved in with my grandparents, Patrick Henry Barnes and Eleanor Barnes. And my uh, grandfather taught me many great lessons that are part of my life, my life every day, every day. I still thank him um, often, actually, out loud for some of the lessons he taught. And uh, my stepfather, CBS News reporter, uh, ju- just the facts. He's just, you know, on the one hand, on the other hand. I mean, you could ask him about anything. About uh, when I was a child, for example, the Nazis marching in Skokie, Illinois, uh, where there was a very high concentration of Holocaust survivors uh, and Jewish people. And, uh, and I was a kid living in the area in the general vicinity. And, and he would always give me, on the one hand and on the other, I wanted to go down and throw rocks because, you know, my, my father, who died when I was a baby, uh, killed Nazis in World War II. And I thought, hey, here's a chance to go down and throw rocks at him and stuff. And, uh, and my stepfather was, listen, on the one hand, on the other hand, he was always, well, there's this and here's the other perspective. And it's, and it's you know, homeless people, uh, mentally ill people on the street. He was always uh, on the one hand and on the other hand. Here is the, like, you know, he started law school. He did about one year of law school, I think. And he would say, you know, one side will tell you this and the other side will tell you that. Which is the way that I always approached uh, the news. You always give the other side a fair hearing. There are two sides, sometimes three, three sides to every story. And uh, I would say that uh, he drummed that into me. I would say that. From Lana. You mentioned last week a long story about John Hinckley. It was, it was a long story. It's a long story. And the D.C. Mental Institution would love to hear all about that. It is really much too long a story to tell right here. But I was with um, CNN. And there was a story, uh, probably in the Washington Post, that John Hinckley was being allowed to roam free on the grounds of St. Elizabeth's Mental Institution, where he was being held, a very large walled complex, which has since been taken over by the Department of Homeland Security. And now all the mentally ill people are wandering around the streets, stabbing people and stealing things, because that's our fix for that uh, but I was sent down there with a camera crew, and uh, we got there, and I said, well, I'm with, uh, we got to the gate with a, in a white van, a news van, with a two-man camera crew, and I said, uh, you know, I said, I'm with uh, CNN, and for some inexplicable reason, they just waved us in. <laughs> they just waved us right into the gate, and then we went to the, to the building where I knew John Hinckley was being held. There are many old, scary, red brick Victorian-era buildings on the uh, on the grounds and I went with the camera crew to the front door of the building and uh, and the camera crew and I'm like well let's grab this stuff let's see how far we can go all right and I got the uh, two-man crew and uh, not a rep group just a camera crew and and um, and I walk up to the front and uh, uh, they see us on the camera and they buzz the door open and we just walked in, and we walked in, me and the camera crew. We got to the next area where, you know, like bulletproof glass and a couple of people and, and an armed guard and stuff. It's a crazy mental institution in Washington, D.C. And, um, and when we got to the inner part, again, the door opens, and they wave us in. And we get, and we're walking in. And, and I said, um, we're here to see John Hinckley. We had no appointment, no plan. We are just kind of bluffing our, uh, I'm bluffing our way in. And we got into the next stage and said, here to see John Hinckley. And they said, uh, you come into this room over here. And I'm there for a couple of minutes and somebody comes in to greet us and, and uh, the, the, from the institution and said, uh, 
you're the HBO crew? <laughs> and I said, well, no, I'm, I'm with CNN. We're with CNN. And they said, security. <laughs> you're not authorized to be in here. And I was like, well, we just got waved in. The doors kept opening and we kept walking. And uh, then we were uh, chased out of the place and uh, sent uh, packing back to the van. And then a security uh, car, you know, came and escorted us off the grounds of St. Elizabeth's Mental Institution in Washington, D.C. But we almost got in. We got pretty close. It was, uh, so I guess I told, you know, a version of that long story. There is a longer version of the story, but that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Uh, and uh, R-Raw, have you and or your best girl ever gone to Israel? We most certainly have. Uh, several years ago, I'd have to look because it's all a blur. But um, yes, we decided to go. We were going on a sea cruise. Uh, our, one of our annual sea cruise, and the sea cruise was leaving out of Athens, out of Greece. And my best girl finally said, you know, this is a good opportunity to go to Israel. We'll go to Israel for a week before hopping over. It's a pretty short hop from Tel Aviv um, to Athens. And so, yes, we went to Israel. We stayed in Tel Aviv for a number of days. Then we rented a car and drove to, um, drove to uh, Jerusalem, stayed at the King David Hotel, uh, hired a guide guy to show us around the country. You can get all over the country, you know, in a, in a couple of days' time. And he sat in the back seat the whole time because um, I was driving, you know, which was great. My best girl in the front passenger side and me in the uh, driver's seat. And our tour guide was like, for God's sake, we're not going to Bethlehem. You know, they'll kill us. They'll kill us. Uh, but, yeah, the old city and uh, the King David Hotel, incredible in uh, – in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv and the nightlife and the beaches. And, and uh, we, of course, did the Dead Sea and Masada and, and uh, we did the Golan Heights. And, and when we arrived up on top of the Golan Heights, drove up, uh, just as we arrived, all the windows down, nice weather, you know, all the windows down. And uh, right at the, the high ground and you look down into Syria. And just as we pulled up, boom, boom, two mortar rounds landed uh, just down the hill from us in Syria. And we got out. We've got a, a picture at home on a on a countertop of me and my best girl sitting on the ruins of a, 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 a burned-out tank uh, looking down from the Golan Heights into uh, Syria. Loved Israel. Look forward to going back. Uh, great, uh, great stuff. Yeoman Dead Inside says, uh, what's the chore situation in the plant household? Does your best girl and you, do your best girl and you share housework uh, would love to visualize you sorting laundry or cleaning uh, the toilet. Uh, I occasionally clean the, the, the toilet. Um, my best girl probably does more frequently. I always take out the garbage. I very often do the dishes, uh, and I'm uh, very thorough uh, doing the dishes. I clean the, I do the floors, a lot of wooden floors, very dark, a lot of pollen and dust and stuff. I do the floors, I vacuum, I take out the garbage, I pretty much do the dishes. Uh, and, uh, and my best girl cooks, uh, cooks up a storm all the time, made me breakfast this morning, uh, hard boiled eggs, banana, orange juice. Uh, what else did I have this morning? Um, good stuff. And dinners to beat the band last night, incredible fish dinner and broccoli and cauliflower. And, uh, she, uh, we have this fish shipped in from Alaska. Um, it's uh, great stuff. Yes, sir. Yeah. What beer have you replaced the Tranheiser Bush Queen of Beers with? Um, I am, when I'm out and about, it's pretty random. DC, Brow, and a lot of things, but I have not had a single Bud Light since the Tranheiser Bush 
episode. And um, and what do I have? I have Yingling at home in the fridge. In fact, my best girl picked me up uh, Yingling, and that's in the fridge right now, Yingling. And I might have a vodka every now and then, too. But I haven't had a Bud Light. Uh, I'm, you know, at Yingling at home. Ying, Yingling, Yingling out and about, America's oldest brewer and beer. And a lot of random stuff, D.C., Brow, and, and other things that I'm about. I might have, depends on where I am. I go to a place that has 1664, this French beer. It's good. I have uh, a lot of different things, a lot of different beers. Chicago conservative. Hi, Chris. Awesome show as always. What's your greatest memory of you and your father? I am so sorry for your loss. Uh, sounds like he was a great father and raised you right. Of uh, my, my stepfather, uh, Bill Plant, and because my, you know, my father, my biological father died when I was five months old. So I, my memories are very scant of, as a five-month-old. Um, but uh, gosh, I mean, I got to tell you, you know, Santa Barbara days, Ronald Reagan, uh, my stepfather was covering the White House. And uh, going to parties with Ronald Reagan and barbecues with Ronald Reagan in Santa Barbara, I might say that that's, I might say that that is, I'd have to think about it uh, more, but that's, uh, that's up. And Ryan asked, what did Lunch Bucket Joe say to you when you asked if his brain was a broke? Hey, uh, your brain's a broke. Uh, he just looked confused. His mouth was hanging open. And I said, you should probably dab that oatmeal off of your chin because it's unseemly. You're the president of the United States, for God's sake. Clean up. You're out in public. Cody Lester said, will you ever consider writing a memoir regarding your experiences in the news media? Predominantly your time as a Pentagon correspondent and lessons you've, lessons you've learned, insight you've gleaned from Bill Plant. Well, um, it is past time to write a book about a whole lot of things. I will, uh, I'll give you that. And I, uh, I really, you know, I just, I need to get to work on that. And a whole lot of stuff would go in there, like telling the truth about the Democrats, for one thing. And a lot of talk about the news media, certainly. I, uh, I don't like to talk about myself that much because I'm very, very modest and humble, particularly given how amazing I am. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.